So quickly, for the last several weeks, we've been uh, doing a series on the assembly, practicing the presence of God with, within us when we come together. We, before we're getting to that, again, the question is, who do we worship? And so we've been looking at Jesus, looking at his life, his ministry, his healings, table fellowship. We talked about the crucifixion, uh, Jesus as Messiah. And uh, we want to continue that today as we talk about <clears throat> um, the resurrection. I've been making this point regarding Jesus that his ministry was about resistance to this world, the practices of this world, division, and um, the powers of this world that be. Because he came to set forth a, a, a new way of thinking about life. And so I want to talk about resurrection today in, in just a, a couple of um, caveats about it. But resurrection has to do with ultimately overcoming our greatest enemy, which is death. And I want to tell you that um, I stand here today and I'm battling that concept of growing older and moving toward the grave. I don't know if anybody else is like me. But um, so over the last couple, turned 55 this, this year. I know. About two weeks ago, I had the privilege of starting high blood pressure medication. Anybody else in here with me? Oh, good. There's there's my next small group right there, Parker. <laughs> so I'm getting it under control, but you know, you think, oh boy, I can't believe this. I can't believe that I have to do this, and and um, so I have everything under control. <clears throat> and I sat down last night about six thirty to watch a football game. And uh, it was my team versus the number 12 team in the country, and it was for first place, and it's a chance to maybe get into the football playoffs. And and our team, the Sooners just tanked. I mean, they were just getting annihilated. And so, <laughs> and I've got this uh, wrist cuff for my blood pressure, so every every play I'm checking it, you know. And it's just going up, and we're just getting worse and worse, and it's 28 to 3 in the second quarter. And so finally, you know, after that, after a while, you know, blood pressure goes up, and I just kind of said, okay, this is, this is one of those years, you know, we'll be like Texas A&M, and we'll say we'll get them next year, you know. He's not even in here, is he? And so my blood pressure started coming down. And I'm like, okay, next year, you know, this season's over. We start coming back in the second half. We scored, we outscored them 24 to nothing in the second half. So we're climbing this mountain, right? And I'm like, oh, look at this. This is a possibility. And, and um, we're coming back. And now my blood pressure's going up again. And uh, so we get down to the goal line. We're about to tie up the game. And our guy fumbles going into the end zone. And they recovered. And, and I can feel it up here in my eyes. We stop them. And we keep coming back. And we tie the game. And then we go down and kick the go-ahead field goal. And I'm just, I'm standing up in the room. I mean, I'm really excited. And they start driving. And they throw it right to our linebacker. And our linebacker and he drops the ball. 
I said, dear Lord, I don't know how much more of this I can take. I, I don't know. And so on the next play, the same guy that dropped it, he intercepted it. And we won the game. And I couldn't go to sleep. So I'm laying in bed with my cuff on looking at this going. Like, it's, this is this is crazy. You know, I mean, I, I realized, you know, a few years ago that as we get older, we can't eat the same foods that we did when we were young. And, you know, we could just eat, but we'd go burn off the calories. You know, we, we don't we don't do that anymore. I think about every time I drive by Krispy Kreme donuts, I shed a tear. Right? I mean, back in the day, because they really should have had the slogan, you can't, you can't just eat one. And you put your mouth in it, melts, and you're just like licking it all off of you, putting it back. And you, by the time you even realize you've eaten like six or eight. Then you walk around like this the rest of the day, like, oh, man, but, but it's worth it. And so I'm not able to do that anymore, which then blows one of my lifelong ambitions in life. And I didn't know how I was going to make it happen, but I wanted to so bad is to somehow sneak into Krispy Kremes and get on the roller and just lay back and just go through and let that glaze just lick it up. We all are on a journey Toward death. We're all on that road. And, and, and we take various routes to get there. But it is, unless the Lord comes back, it is our reality. And, and, and that's what Jesus knew. And so I want us to think about what the resurrection means. And so if you have your Bibles or you have your phones, I'm going to ask you to look at several verses with me today. And I want to begin over in Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. Let me get there. So now I'm going to try not to get worked up anymore. I I do have that stool behind me I might have to use. Ephesians chapter 1. I want you to look at what Paul says starting in verse 20. I want to back up to verse 19 where the sentence began. This, that power is like the working of His mighty strength, which He exerted in Christ when He raised Him from the dead, and then He seated Him at the right hand of the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, the powers of this world. We've been talking about that he stood against, that he resisted. And now because of his resurrection, he's been elevated and lifted above all of that. And every title that can be given, not only in the present age, right right now, but in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church. The church, us, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Paul says Jesus was raised from the dead. 
And he's above all authority and power and dominion. There is not a power in this world. There's not a power in this universe that can come against Jesus Christ. And he has given the church the fullness of himself. So that we have what he says here is the resurrected power of Jesus Christ to overcome in this world. Now, that's the promise. That's the word. That's what we have. But we still, every day, we're walking toward the grave. We know that we're going to end up dying. And we're all looking toward heaven and saying, okay, Jesus, how do we deal with this? How do we continue to live and to grow and to become in this world where we know what the, what, where we're headed? So I want you to think about resurrection. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Uh, if, you have, if you have your Bibles open or you have your phones open, I want you to look at what Paul says here. And we'll quickly go through this. Okay, I'm feeling the heat now. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Starting in verse 20. And here's the point. The resurrection of Jesus conquers the fear that we have about death. It conquers the fear. It conquers the, the problem that some believe in about death. But it conquers, it overcomes that. And so in verse 20, here's what Paul writes. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead... The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead also comes through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. But each to his own turn, Christ, the first fruits, then when he comes, those who belong to him. Then the end will come when he hands over the kingdom. Uh, to God the Father, <clears throat> after he has, watch this phrase again, after he has destroyed all <clears throat> dominion, all authority, and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. Was our enemy. Is what we worried about. And he said, that is the last enemy that Jesus came and destroyed. So again, all of the powers, the dominions, the authority have been put under the feet of Jesus Christ. And he destroyed our greatest enemy. Thank you, God, for that. So that's what the resurrection does. It, 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 it helps us conquer our fear. Matter of fact, look at what, look at what the believers are, uh, how they're described in Revelation chapter 12, the text that was on a slide earlier. So I'm rushing through this. Revelation chapter 12, starting in verse 10. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brothers who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. But they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, watch this, they did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. 
These early Christians got it when they understood about the resurrection of Jesus and the power that it has. And, 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 and it is, by the way, the, the powers, the authorities, the, the dominions of this world, that, that, that is their greatest weapon against us. And when they understood this, they, were, they refused to shrink back from life because of death. In other words, they said, we're going to keep on living. Matter of fact, we're motivated to keep living. Because of the resurrection of Jesus, we plow ahead. But we move ahead with joy, with anticipation, and with longing for what is next to come. So, throughout Scripture, Paul and and John in Revelation, they're talking about this resurrection. But I want to say that it conquers our fear of it, but it is the greatest resistance that Jesus ever accomplished. Because this world will try to say, better stay in line. Better not step. You'll die. You'll be killed. Somebody will come get you. It'll all be over. Right? And if we're not careful, we say, oh, 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 I guess I better, I better toe the line like the authorities and the powers and the dominions tell me to. I better walk a straight line because they could, I could die. And the Christians said, we know we're going to die. We know that we have oppressors in this world and we are not going to stop living because of the threat of death. Two things I want you to think about then. I want you to think about our concept of baptism in this. Right, so Paul talks about this in Romans chapter 6. And I want you to see it in light of what he says in, in reference to this resurrection. So over in, in Romans chapter 6, starting in verse 1, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? Meganoito. I just love saying that in the Greek because we don't know how to translate that. It is a very strong no. Meganoito. We died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or, or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death. In order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the, of the Father, we too may live a new life. A life that comes up out of the waters, been immersed in the waters, that comes out and says, Thank you, Jesus, for your death and your resurrection, and I am no longer afraid to die. He has sealed my fate. Now, there's something important here that I think we need to think about when it comes to baptism. And that is the reenactment of the, of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. But it is a public declaration that you can count me in on this team. So that's why we have uh, the baptismal waters in a church. It's a public thing. So the person that is baptized says, I'm ready. I'm ready to join the team. I'm ready to step forward. And I'm ready to make a declaration to God, I'm ready to make a declaration to the family of God, but I'm making a declaration to the powers and the dominions and the authorities of this world that I am resisting death 
I want you to think about that. There's more than an audience of just those who are sitting in the pew that have eyes and feet and, and a heartbeat and high blood pressure. There's, there's others. And we are declaring the power of the resurrection of Jesus. And so baptism is a, is a vital aspect of our lives. That, by the way, it, it's, it's like when another person gets baptized, you see, then I'm reminded also of the commitment that I made. It's just like... It's just like taking the Lord's Supper each week. All of us, again, are renewing our commitment to Jesus Christ. Dying to self. Dying with Jesus. Going with Him down into the tomb. And then coming up alive. Walking this new life. Let me tell you, though, what I believe is a vital aspect of the resurrection of Jesus as we live it in resistance to this world. And that is forgiveness. Of course we are forgiven of our sin. Thank you, God, for the sacrifice of Jesus for that. But here's where it really becomes applicable to us and to the lives that we live. Because we are no longer afraid to die and lay down our lives, we are able to take the forgiveness of Jesus and pass it on to other people. One of the, one of the uh, consequences of the fear of death is the fear of forgiving other people. See, you harmed me and my life is precious and i got to protect my life and i, I got to make sure that nobody harms me because I've only got so much time. And when we learn how to understand the concept of the resurrection of Jesus, we're able to forgive. And so Jesus, I'm not going to go through it, the whole thing, but in Matthew chapter 18, Jesus tells the story of the servant who was unwilling to forgive. Maybe we just pick out the highlights here real quick. Matthew chapter 18. You know what? I got going so fast. I forgot to keep you up to date. What did I say? Oh, Matthew 18. Peter comes to Jesus, verse 21. Lord, how many times should we forgive the brother who sinned against me? Seven? Jesus says, no, not seven, but 77. And he goes on to tell the story of the guy who, who was forgiven a lot that he owed. And he goes out from there and, and grabs the people that owe him money and says, pay up now or you're going to jail. And he says, can't pay up. We, we don't have the funds to Send them in jail. Get rid of them. They owe me money. And they are going to stay in jail until they can pay it. Jesus says the man that will take a debt that has been forgiven, of, of his debt that's been forgiven, and will not forgive others, is the worst kind of person. That has direct application to how we live our lives in resistance to this world. 
And it's one that we have to work on every day, every day, every day. We've been forgiven of so much more than we'll ever forgive others through Jesus. But I'm afraid. See, death still scares me. My self-preservation is still first and foremost. So please don't try to do anything to harm me because I'm not sure I can forgive. You see, think about where we're going. Think about what we have to look forward to. We're going to spend eternity with Jesus in the presence of God. This world's not our home. We're passing through. We've got so much more to look forward to. Can't I, in that short time, practice the ministry of Jesus and forgive? And to pass that on to other people. And to know that all of us from time to time struggle with our fear of death. But to be reminded that because of the resurrection of Jesus, He destroys that fear. And I've told you this, but I'm going to say it again and then we'll be done this morning. Let me tell you how we really are challenged to do this. See, it's one thing for me to get to the point where I say, okay, Jesus, thank you for the resurrection. I believe it. And I give you my life and I surrender my death to you. And in the meantime, I'm going to learn how to love and forgive other people. But it's another thing. To surrender the life and the death of our loved ones. say, God, I surrender not only my life, but I surrender the life and the death of my wife. Because I trust you. And I know you're going to take care of her. And I'm not going to live in fear. And I give you the life and I give you the death of my children. Because I'll go to the ends of this world for my children. And I'll fight with everything that I got to keep them alive. You see, that's what's in us. And of course, I mean, we we do that anyway. But I'm not going to live with fear. I'm not going to live with resentment. I'm not going to live as this world says. This is how we must live. And so today we take a step in that direction and say, okay, God, help me. Help me to see what the resurrection means to my life today. Help me to remember the baptism where I publicly declared to this world, I'm one of the followers of Jesus. I'm a disciple. I'm committed. I'm in there. I'm resisting. Help me to remember and to to practice the, the art of forgiving others. And help me to resign my life to the life of Jesus but also the lives of my loved ones. Then we have nothing to lose. We live with freedom. We live with joy.
we're moving onward with each other. That, my friends, is the power of the resurrection. So I don't know where any of that landed on you today. I don't know where you are in your life. But man, fear is no way to live. Especially with Jesus Christ who's taking care of all of that for us. So if there's fear in your life today, if, if you've never stood before this family of believers and said, I'm ready to commit my life to Jesus in baptism. If there's unforgiveness in your heart, right, let God work on you. So we're going to stand and sing in just a second. And while we sing, if, if, if this morning it's time for you to come to the front and say, okay, I need prayers. I need forgiveness. It's time to be baptized. Whatever it is, don't let the powers and the authorities and the dominions and the enemy keep you afraid. Break free. Thank you, God, for Jesus so that we can live.